we're here today. Uh, he ransomed us. He purchased us uh, back from slavery, uh, slavery from sin. Uh, he purchased us to set us free, and uh, we rejoice in that. That's why we have gathered this morning. I want to invite you to open your Bible with me to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I know we had wrapped up our series in Psalms last time we were together, but lo and behold, the Lord has brought us back to the book of Psalms as part of a different series uh, that we're going to talk about next several weeks. Folks, our nation, as we know, is in sorry shape. It doesn't take uh, rocket scientists to look around and see that. I think the reason why our nation is in a sorry shape is because families are falling apart. And the reason why I believe families are falling apart is because churches today are in sorry shape. And I believe the reason why churches today are in such a sad condition is because we have given up or we have drifted from our convictions regarding God's Word. If we do not believe that the Bible is God's Word, if we do not believe it is authoritative and God-breathed, if we do not believe it is completely inerrant and trustworthy, then we see problems coming up in churches, churches falling apart, which leads to families, which leads to the nation. And if we're going to see revival in our nation and in our families and our churches, revival requires us to return to our firm convictions regarding God's Word. That's what our series is going to be over the next several weeks. Thus saith the Lord, the doctrine of Scripture. We're going to look at a few passages in the Bible that speaks about what Scripture is and why we need to return to it. We're going to begin, interestingly enough, this morning in Psalm 119. This is a love poem. The psalmist writes a love poem about his love for the Bible. And I pray as a result of our time in Psalm 119 this morning that you will affirm your love for God by renewing your commitment to His Holy Word. If the Bible really is what we say it is, we need to renew our, our commitment to it. And in doing so, we affirm once again our love for God. I want to invite you to stand with me if you're able to at this time. I'll be reading from Psalm 119 starting at verse 1. And here the psalmist writes these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. How blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their heart. They also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Then I shall not be ashamed when I look upon all your commandments. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. Let's pray together. Father, indeed we have gathered here this morning. I pray with a commitment to you, a desire to seek you, as the psalmist said, with all our hearts. And Father, I pray that as we come to seek you this morning, we will understand that we cannot seek you apart from seeking your word. So Lord, as we begin this new sermon series, Thus saith the Lord, I pray that we will once again understand our conviction regarding Scripture, that we will reaffirm the doctrine of Scripture, that it is your word. And if it is your word, it should and it must have an impact on our lives as individual Christians and 
an impact on our churches, an impact on our families, an impact on our nation, God. We know we must get back to what you have spoken. Lord, help us to do that in our series over the next several weeks. God, help us today to affirm our love for you through our affection for your word. Father, speak to us. Prepare our hearts that we might receive your word today and that we might practice what we find. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. In our series that we just recently wrapped up, most of the psalms that we looked at were psalms of David. The scriptures tell us or reference that David wrote those psalms. We come to Psalm 119 and there is an unknown author to these words. Most believe these uh, words were written later on in the history of Israel, uh, several hundred years after David had reigned. Uh, after Israel had been taken away into exile into Babylon and had returned from captivity, we find in the history of, of Israel at that time a renewed commitment to the Word of God. and It's perhaps uh, in that context where we find that these words were written. And understanding uh, in the psalmist's heart that because the nation had drifted from Scripture, they found themselves in that predicament uh, of judgment, God's holy judgment against them. And, and it was through God's grace and God's mercy that he brought them back to the land of Israel that they reestablished their conviction. And so if that's what we need in our nation today, I pray we would do just the same. This is the longest chapter in the longest book of the Bible. Now, we have before us 176 verses, and we're not going to go through them word for word this morning. And I know you'll probably feel uh, elated to know that. In fact, we could do several series just on this one particular psalm. But this morning, by God's grace, I pray that we'll get an overview uh, of everything that this psalm has to say. It is an artistically composed psalm. It is a poem uh, that is an alphabetic acrostic. There are 22 stanzas, each representing the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And of those 22 stanzas, there are eight lines in each stanza. And each line begins with the, a particular letter of the Hebrew alphabet. For example, it's like if you were to sit down and write a poem and say, I'm going to write 26 stanzas representing the English alphabet. And each stanza is going to have eight lines. The first stanza is going to have eight lines. Every line begins with the letter A. Second stanza, eight lines. Every line begins with the letter B. Third stanza, you get the picture there. And going through 26 stanza, now I don't know how you would do the letter X. That would be interesting to see how that would play out. But anyway, that's the way this psalm is crafted. Uh, someone took a lot of consideration and a lot of thought and when it comes to this topic of the Bible and God's Word, shouldn't we give it a lot of thought, as the psalmist did here? There are lots of verses, of course, that we're going to be looking at, and I believe the way we're going to approach this is a little different than we do. I'm not so much going to read verses and explain them, because I believe these verses really explain themselves. They speak for themselves. So what I've tried to do is group together different verses to kind of give us a picture of the psalmist's affection for the word. And hopefully you and I will grow to mirror that affection as well. There are 
176 verses, and 169 of them speak directly about or reference God's Word. There are different terms that are used, as you saw in the first eight verses that we read, but all those different terms have a, have a different picture or a different idea about God's Word that we have before us, the Bible. If we're going to have an affection for the Word of God, the first thing you and I need to do is delight in the Bible. The psalmist clearly delights in God's Word, and you and I need to do the same, an affection there. The psalmist has a, a heartfelt devotion to God's Word. The question I have for you and I today is this. Do you? Do you have a heart for God's Word? It's easy to give lip service to say, yeah, I believe in the doctrine of Scripture. Yeah, I believe it's God's Word. But what does that thought do to your heart? And what does your heart do for actually putting it into practice? You see, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where a lot of us conservative evangelical Christians fall short. We give lip service to this doctrine, but actually embracing it and having affection for God's Word and desiring God's Word, I believe that's lacking in our churches today. So the psalmist delights in God's Word. What does that mean? Well, first of all, you need to seek God's Word. We need to seek it out, pursuing a knowledge and an understanding of God. And when we pursue a knowledge and understanding of God, we need to seek it out in Scripture. Because when you seek Scripture, you seek God. If God has spoken, and this is His Word, to seek what the Word has to say and tell us is to seek and pursue God Himself. So if we're going to delight in God's Word, we need to seek God's Word. Verses 1 through 3, we just read a while ago, how blessed are those whose way is blameless. How do we get a blameless way in the eyes of God? He says, those who walk in the law of the Lord those who do what God has said to do. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies, who seek Him with all their hearts. Do you seek God with all your hearts? If you do, you're blessed. If you don't seek God with all your heart, you're not blessed. You're losing out on the blessings. Verse 3, those also, they also do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. And so that's the first thing we need to do, walk in the ways of God, desire God by seeking His Word. Verse 10, With all my heart, once again, I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Verse 45, And I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I don't just stumble into them, but I willfully engage in seeking after your Word, O oh God. Verse 123, my eyes fail with longing for your salvation and for your righteous word. Do your eyes fail for longing? When you are separated from the word of God, how does that affect you? The psalmist is brokenhearted, desiring God's word. Verse 131. I opened my mouth wide and panted, for I longed for your commandments. You can see the poetry in this. Panting, desiring the Word of God. Finally, verse 147. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I wait for your words. Rising before dawn, waiting for God's words. Just cannot wait to open up the Bible. Seeking God's Word is that you. Secondly, you need to be satisfied in God's Word. Satisfied. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Word of God being the bread of life for us. We find our sustenance in the Word, and we are satisfied 
with what God has said in the Scriptures. First of all, verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Verse 20. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Verse 57 and 58. The Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your word. Verse 72. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Verse 103. How sweet are your words to my taste, yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You see how the psalmist is satisfied. More than gold, sweeter than honey. That's the word of God to him. It's valuable to him. He is satisfied in it. Verse 127. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. Some of y'all ladies like the bling, don't you? You like that fine gold. The psalmist said, Lord, your word is worth more to me than fine gold. Satisfied with what, what which God has said in the Scriptures. But also, we need to be surprised by God's Word. When we delight in it, and we seek it, and we find satisfaction, we find surprises there, uncovering hidden treasures and unlimited blessings for us. You'll find God doing amazing things in your heart, in your life, when you take His Word seriously, and you get into it. We see the psalmist saying this in verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law. Wonderful things, God. Open my eyes to see those wonderful things. Have you ever prayed that? Sit down and open your Bible. Say, God, open my eyes that I can see something of you today. Something that will impact me. Verse 32. I shall run the way of your commandments, for you will enlarge my heart. You pray for God to, to show you new things, God to enlarge your heart that you might receive all that He has for you in His Word. Verse 111, I have inherited your testimonies forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Verse 162, I rejoice at your Word as anyone or as one who finds great spoil, finding the treasure that God's Word contains, delighting in the words of God. I remember when Nancy and I first started dating. I was living in Lexington at the time. She was living in Winchester and working in Winchester. And needless to say, the, the, the roads between Lexington and Winchester stayed pretty warm from all the driving back and forth. And it, you see, when you, when you love someone, you'll, you'll do everything you can to be with them. You'll, you'll go out of your way just to spend time with them. And it doesn't matter if it's inconvenient or not. You're going to make time. If you love somebody and you want to be with them, you will make time because it means that much to you. Yeah, some folks, you've been in the Word of God lately? Well, you know, I just don't have a lot of time. We make time for what we love. We make time for what delights our heart. The psalmist, he had a delight for the Word of God. If you and I don't have that delight, we're not going to make time to get in it. What do you think we need to do? Father, forgive me for not delighting in your word. And then God put a delight for your word in my heart. And God will do that. If that's your earnest prayer, God, I know I need to be in your word more often. I know I need to delight in it. I don't need to see it as a burden or a chore or a thing on my to-do list. But God, I want to delight in your word because I delight in you when I do that. Pray that. Pray that. Delight in the Bible. Secondly, depend on the Bible. Depend on the Bible. Look at verses 89 
through 91. And we'll see why we need to depend on the, the Bible. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands. They stand this day according to your ordinances, for all things are your servants. God's word endures forever. And by God's word, all things continue. He established the earth and it continues. God's word sustains us. You cannot know God apart from his word. You cannot please God apart from his word. Therefore, we depend on the Word of God. How do we do that? We study God's Word, first of all. We study it. There's no shortcut for just opening your Bible and reading it. You know, you can try every way you can. I remember when I was a kid uh, in science class, there was a, a picture of Garfield, you know, the, the cartoon cat. And he had a bunch of books like this stacked on top of his head. And the caption said, I'm learning by osmosis. Of course, osmosis or something sinks in. You know, unfortunately, we don't we don't learn the Bible that way. You got to get into it. You got to read it, or you got to got to listen to it. Avail yourself of those opportunities. Personal time with God, corporate time. You know, every Sunday morning we're going to get together. This book's going to get opened. As long as I'm in this pulpit, this book's going to get open. It's going to get read. It's going to get explained and applied. Same thing happens in your Sunday school classes. Same thing happens on Sunday nights, Wednesday nights. When we get together, we get in the Word. It's what we do. We're creatures of the Word, and that's a good thing because it's what God wants us to do. So avail yourself. Study God's Word. Take every chance you get. Personally, corporately, verse 26, 27. I have told of my ways, and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. So I will meditate on your wonders. Verse 33, 34. Teach me. O oh Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe your law and keep it with all my heart. Verse 64, the earth is full of your loving kindness. O oh Lord, teach me your statutes. Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We need for God to teach us his ways, and the way God does that, we get in his word, his written word. But also we need to store up God's Word. We, we study it and we store it up. And it means we've got to meditate on what we read. You ever read something and then walk away and completely forgot what you read? I've been there. I've been there. We do that with the Bible sometimes. We're like, man, I've got to read five chapters today. We read five chapters and then five minutes later we can't tell you five things we just read. You know, I mean, I guess that's good for the moment. But I can't help but think the, the value comes when we get in the Word. It's not always about the, the quantity, it's the quality. You get in it and you read it. If you just read one verse and just stop and noodle on that, and think, man, what did that just say? What does that mean? How does that impact my life and my heart? You know, and then go throughout the rest of the day and think about that verse. You know, meditating on God. Store it up. Psalmist says, all oh, this is about meditating on God's word. Verse 11, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Verse 15, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. Verse 47 and 48, I shall delight in your commandments which I love. I shall lift up my hands to your commandments which I love and I will meditate on your statutes. Verse 93, I will never forget your precepts memorizing them. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. Verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation 
all the day. Verse 141. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. I love that verse. I am small and despised, but yet I will not forget your precepts. Every Sunday morning I'm in my office kind of praying through and getting ready for the sermon for the day. And across the hall I hear coming out of Elaine and Nancy's Sunday school class the little kids singing their scriptures, you know, putting it to, to song. I don't know if you all come up with that on your own, but it's, it's brilliant because throughout the week, Holly will just be singing those tunes and singing those scriptures and, and she's memorizing, she's meditating on God. She's putting it, storing it up. And you put that Word of God in your heart and it's there. It's a storehouse. You never know the moment you might need a particular scripture for yourself or to give somebody else meditating on it, memorizing it. It might be small and despised, but you pack in all the power in the world when you put this in your heart and in your mind. Store it up. Verse 148. Also, my eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Even at night, you lay down and just think about all God showed you in his word for that day. Store it up. Also, submit to God's word. You know, it's not enough to just know his word. It's not enough to just know his will. You've got to do it. You know why we know that? Even Satan knows what the Bible has to say. Remember when he tempted Jesus in the wilderness? Jesus answered with Scripture. We'll talk about that in a few weeks. But when Jesus answered with Scripture, then Satan came back and said, well, you know, the Bible says this. Satan knows this book. He knows what it says. But he doesn't submit to it. He doesn't want to submit to it. There's a, there's a difference. You and I, we need to study it and then store it up so that we can submit to it. It's the authoritative Word of God. We've got to do what it says. We've got to want to do what it says. We see the psalmist saying that, verse 4, You have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Verse 8, I shall keep your statutes. Do not forsake me utterly. Verse 38, Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Verse 44, So I will keep your law continually forever and ever. Verse 112, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, even to the end. In verse 120, My flesh trembles for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. Verse 129, Your testimonies are wonderful, therefore my soul observes them. We've got to get in the Word of God, know what it says, and you've got to practice it. You've got to live it out. That's why God gave it to us, not just to say, Wow, I know a lot of scriptures. What are you doing with what you learn? Submit to it. Be sanctified by God's Word. Be sanctified because when we get in the Word of God, we find salvation. The psalmist alludes to that here in just a second. We get into the Bible, we find out that God is holy. We get into the Word of God, we find out we are sinners. Every single one of us falls short of the glory of God. We get in the Bible, we find out that there is judgment that is to come. That God is a holy God. He must punish sin. God's an eternal God. He must punish sin eternally. And if we do nothing else with our sin problem, we will suffer underneath the wrath of God. A holy God will punish us for eternity in a place the Bible calls hell. But we get in the Word of God, we find out also God is merciful. That God will punish sin, but God says, if you come to me on my terms, your sin will be taken care of. Because I punished sin on my son on the cross. He bore my wrath so that you might be forgiven. 
We find out there's a place called heaven. And if we trust in Christ and His sacrifice, His death, His resurrection, and we say, God, according to Your Word, I have no hope but Jesus. I come to You in Jesus' name. Lord, save me. I'm Yours. And You surrender to God. Whoever calls the name of the Lord, according to the Bible, shall be saved. You get in the Word of God, you find salvation. You find sanctification. God begins to clean you up, make you holy, set you apart to do great things for Him. You don't get that if you don't get in the Bible. You find sanctification and transforming power. Verse 9. Flipping back and forth a whole lot here. Covers a lot of pages, obviously. Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Verse 24 says, Your testimonies also are my delight. They are my counselors. You need wisdom? I just need some direction? Get in the Bible. Get in the Bible. God's Word will do that for you. Verse 41. May your loving kindnesses also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your Word. We find salvation. We get saved when we get in God's Word. You can't be saved apart from God's Word, the Gospel. We find it in Scripture. Verse 80. May my heart be blameless in your statutes so that I will not be ashamed. Finally, verse 144. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. Sanctified. Also, we are to be strengthened by God's Word because when we are weak, His Word gives grace. His Word gives power to carry on. Whatever we need for that moment, we can find it in God's Word. We are to be strengthened in His Word. We find the psalmist talking about how God's Word revives us. We need to be revived, re-energized. Verse 25, my soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. Verse 28, my soul weeps because of grief. Is your soul weeping today? Do you have grief today? My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me. Verse 37, turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Verse 40. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me through righteousness. Verse 50. This is my comfort and my affliction that your word has revived me. When we are afflicted and we need strength, we can come to God's word and we can find that. You know, social media today makes it easier to learn about people. Back in the day, you used to have to stalk people the old-fashioned way. You follow them around and and try to dig up dirt on them. Now today, everybody throws their dirt right on the Internet, and you can just read it and learn everything you need to know. You know the thing about that, you, you learn about people because they reveal themselves to you. They, they, they talk about themselves, their birthday, you know, where they live, where they work, you know, their, their, their status, their marital status, you know, relationship status, all those things. People put that out there because they want people to learn about them. The problem is you can't always trust everything you read on the Internet. But people throw it out there, and you can learn about people. You know, God has also revealed himself to us. You know, we would, we would know some things about God, look around at, at creation, look around at nature, look inside our hearts, morality and conscience and those things. We would know some things about God, but we wouldn't know a lot about God unless God said, you know what, I'm going to... I'm going to put that out there like we do on, on the social media. And God has revealed Himself in Scriptures. God has given us everything we need to know. His Word is sufficient. 
come to a knowledge of Him, of who He is, and a saving knowledge of Christ. We depend on God's Word because God has given it to us graciously. He's revealed Himself to us so that we might know Him, so that we might come to know Him and make Him known. His Word is true. Depend on the Bible. Finally, declare the Bible. Declare the Bible because I found out one thing for sure. Once His Word gets inside you, it don't want to stay there. Once His Word gets inside you, it wants to come out. It's going to look for every opportunity. When you hide God's Word in your heart, it looks for every opportunity to come out. To do that, you've got to speak God's Word. That means sharing its contents with Christians who might need to be strengthened. But also sharing the words of God with the lost, people that don't know Jesus. You share the truth with them so that they might be saved. We need to speak God's Word. Verse 13 tells us this, With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. Verse 43, And do not take the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I wait for your ordinances. In verse 46, For I also speak of your testimonies before kings, I shall not be ashamed. People need the Word. People need the Lord, and they're not going to come to the Lord unless they have the Word. And we have the Word, and we need to open our mouths up and speak the Word. Now, how can you speak the Word if the Word's not in you? How can you speak the Word unless you're studying the Bible and getting in the Word? You need to get in the Word, and the Word needs to get in you. If you ain't speaking the Word of God, the issue is you're not in the Word. It's not in you. Because if it is, you're going to open your mouth, and you're going to speak and testify of the Lord. You need to speak God's Word. You need to stand for God's Word. Because you see what happens when we truly love something and somebody else doesn't appreciate it, it offends us. For example, if I see somebody on Facebook say, the Wildcats lost. Ha, ha, ha. You know what that does to me? It irritates me just a little bit. Because I love the Wildcats. You know, if somebody picks on one of your kids, you know, it just grates you up one side, down the other, right? Because you love what you love, and when other people don't, don't love and appreciate what you love and appreciate, that bothers you. And the psalmist, he says that about God's Word. He has such an affection and a heart for the Scriptures that when people don't show the same love and appreciation and respect, he gets upset. And he's zealous for the Word of God. He stands for it. And you, I, you and I need to do the same. Verse 23. For even though princes sit and talk against me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Your servant meditates on your statutes. Verse 42. So I will have an answer for him who reproaches me. For I trust in your words. Because I trust in your word, I've got an answer for those who reproach me. Verse 53. Burning indignation has seized me because of the wicked who forsake your law. Burning indignation. He gets fed up. He gets angry. He gets spitting mad when people forsake the law of God. Verse 139. My zeal has consumed me because my adversaries, they've forgotten your words. Sometimes in this culture, a lot of times in this culture, we need to take a firm stand. A stand that may not be popular, that may not be politically correct, 
thing is, who are we trying to please? Are we trying to please people or are we trying to please God? You see, if this is truly God's Word, if God really breathed this out and this is an accurate reflection of who He is and what He demands and what He expects from us, shame on us if we ever back down from this. Shame on us if we get scared and get, uh, get, lack courage and do not stand firm on this book. Now, we speak the truth in love. There's a right way and a right attitude to have when you stand for the Word. But you stand. That's where churches, I think, have gotten soft and allowed culture to dictate what we at least say, much less what we believe. Stand for God's Word. Finally, you need to sing God's Word. If you get in the Word of God and it gets in you, you want to declare God's praises. You see the psalmist erupting in praise and adoration for the God who has spoken. Verse 7. I shall give thanks to you with uprightness of heart when I learn your righteous judgments. Verse 54. Your statutes are my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Verse 164. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. 171. Let my lips utter praise for you teach me your statutes. 172. Let my tongue sing of your word for all your commandments are righteousness. And finally, 175. Let my soul live that it may praise you and let your ordinances help me. You want to praise God? Let His Word help you praise. Sometimes I just don't have the words, God. I love you so much, I just don't know what to say. Let His Word help you in that. Get in the Bible, read it, and just let it erupt in praise and adoration for God. The other day, this popped up in our house. See, Mickey Mouse, and you can't see, it's kind of felt-like, and it feels kind of velvety. It's it's a, a Valentine's card. In our house, whenever we get birthday cards, Valentine's, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever, a lot of you do the same thing. We set it on top of the refrigerator. And so the other day, this sitting on top of the refrigerator, one of the kids shut the refrigerator door, and lo and behold, this fell down on the floor. And one of them picked it up and said, What's this? And Nancy said, It's a Valentine's card from, from Daddy to Mommy. And uh, I think it was Logan probably said, Oh, yuck, you know, I don't, I don't want to read that, you know. And I remember thinking to myself, Yeah, you know, I'm a pretty romantic feller, you know. Yeah, I, I got it, I got it. And then uh, Nancy said something. She said, Well, you know, and by the way, she said, You can show this card, just don't read what it says, you know. And then she said this, she said, You know, your daddy don't write as much as he used to. You know, back in the day, he used to write me books. You know, now I get a few sentences. I thought about that, and I'm like, you know, she's right. She's right. I said, man, I love my wife. I love her dearly. I love her more now than I ever have. But, you know, sometimes affection, or at least displays of affection over time, they fade. And it's easy to take people or things we love for granted, isn't it? If we're honest. I say, well, back when I was courting, you know, I was, you know, full court press. You know, I, I was doing everything I can, you know, to try to woo this woman, you know. But then over time, affection, if we're not careful, it, it dwindles. And it needs to be rekindled. We need to fan the flame of our affection for those we love. Same is true about Scripture. 
you know, when you first got saved and, and people say you need to read your Bible and you're like, yeah, you know, the Bible, that's where it's at. And we get in the Bible and we study it and we're learning new things, get all excited. Then over time, it just seems like our affection kind of dwindles. We're like, yeah, the Bible, you know, I, I pretty much got a grasp. I, you know, I know the big picture. I kind of know what it says. I even memorized all the books of the Bible. You know, I, I'm pretty good. The thing is that, that, uh, that devotion to God is on the same level as your devotion to His Word. Say, well, I love God, but what about the Bible? You know, are you giving God just a few sentences of your time because it's not really that convenient for you anymore? Or are you going out of your way to get in this book and let this book get into you because you have a heart for it? Now, you need to affirm your love for God by renewing your commitment to His Word. And what does that mean for you? I know what it means for me, but what does it mean for you? Renewing your commitment to His Word. Maybe you just need to start opening it up. Start reading it for a change. You know, we're in a nation. we got Bibles everywhere. Bibles galore. we got multiple copies of the Bible in our houses. Multiple translations. You can get on your smartphone now and, and push a button and all of a sudden there's your Bible. It'll even read to you. You know, I let it read to me while I'm shaving, you know. You can, I mean, it's crazy. We've got so much access to the Word of God, but we've got so few Christians getting actually into the Word. And that's why our churches are in the shape that they're in. Which is why families are in the shape they are in, which is why our nation is in the shape it's in. When you avail yourself of every opportunity to make time, get in this book, make time to sit underneath God-ordained preachers of this book, make time to get into classes where this book is studied and opened up and, and dialogue takes place, because, folks, that's how you demonstrate your love for God. God has given you a precious gift, a precious treasure. He has spoken. Say, well, I just wish God would just tell me, well, it's right here. And when we neglect this, we neglect God. We need to love God by loving His Word. Love God by loving His Word. That means we need to give Him the time and the attention He rightly deserves. Don't let your affection wane over time. Renew your commitment today to God's Word and affirm your love for Him. Let's pray together. Oh, holy God, we come before you today with hearts most likely convicted, Father, because we are neglecting your word. For those of us who are in your word, maybe we can be in it even more if we desired it. I'm sure we would if we desired it, God. So, Father, forgive us. God, you've spoken. You've revealed yourself, your truth, your Son in the word, and we neglect it. God, forgive us, we pray. And Father, give us a renewed passion. A renewed passion and commitment to this. Because God, we know this is what saves, this is what transforms, this is what empowers, this is what gives direction and wisdom and guidance. This is what guards our heart from temptations. God, we need your word. And I pray we have a newfound affection Lord, not because of my delivery or my words, but because, God, we've opened up your Bible 
And we've allowed Your Bible to speak to us. Your Bible reads us as we read it. God, it's read us today. Lord, forgive us, revive us according to Your statutes. Lord, we love You. and Let our love for You be reflected in our love for Scripture. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.